We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Hello, Chase. Neil, how are you? I'm good. I'm finishing packing up the last of my stuff here in the press box. I'll get out of people's way. How are you? I'm, I'm running a show. Um, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> doing that, I am watching uh, South Carolina and A&M, which is kind of surprising. The Gamecocks up 17-3 at the moment on the Aggies. Kinda. I'm mad at Tyler. Tyler taught me out of that pick. I was going to pick. Uh, I was going to pick South Carolina. You told me all week you were picking Carolina. I know, and then I I did that thing that I do. I got other people taught me out of it because they know more football than I do. It is interesting that you take the advice of the guy who is uh, competing against you to try to avoid going to Boise. Well, but this was this was I don't pick SEC games in that. I'm talking about in in our picks. Mm. I listen to him. Yeah, but I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at reading people, and I just thought the body language on those two teams was polar opposites, and I kind of saw it coming, I guess. So. I know that he gave you no information, but do we have any idea on how severe or not any of these injuries are for Ole Miss moving forward? Well, AJ's was bad enough for him to leave and, and not come back at all. And and, they, and, and it's Troy's, also worth noting they took him straight to the locker room. He was not just in the bubble. And Troy's looked bad. I had the binoculars on. It, it looked like he was in a lot of pain. If you made me guess, I would guess he had that shoulder whatever that injury is, it looked to be re-aggravated. And he came back out and, and warmed up. But, I mean, he, he, he was clear he wasn't going to play. And, and he didn't. And, and those are two big injuries because they just have no depth at linebacker. And the truth is, Chase, and it's time that we use the word, they're just not very talented there. I mean, you've got, you've got Kari Coleman who's moved over from kind of a different position, but he's still so raw at linebacker. And then – you know, Sistrunk's just limited physically, and, and, and they've just not ever gotten out of Austin Keys what we all kind of thought maybe they'd get out of him. And Troy Brown's been – this is two years in a row that they've added a, a transfer portal linebacker who's just critical to what they try to do defensively. And, um, 
you know, if, if they don't have Troy moving forward for any length of time, that's going to be a problem. And AJ's just been around forever. He's such an important part of what they do defensively. And Statistically, um, those you know, are their best two tackles. Yeah, and so you, you take them off the field, and you did in the second half. I mean, you, you get an idea of what can happen because I think we just saw it. I mean, it was it was it was rough. I was debating it with Brian a few minutes ago. Does Ole Miss simply believe in its scheme, or do they not believe when they do bring pressure they can actually get there, and that's why they don't do it more? Because you made the point on Twitter. It wasn't that they don't bring pressure. The problem is that when you bring pressure and don't get there, well, suddenly you're just exponentially adding the opportunities there for the offense. I mean, we can it, – it, it's the damnedest thing. The offense does gets outscored 28 to nothing in the second half, doesn't score a single point, yet it seems like we're more focused on defense. But that's because I just thought they got gashed in both ways. They looked slow. They didn't tackle well at the second or the third level. And either way they win, it didn't work. Whether it was bringing pressure, it did not rattle Daniels, it didn't even get close to causing a turnover, they still moved the ball. And if they sat there in their base three-man front, LSU could basically pick its own poison and run down the field. You know, I told Michael Katz and Brett Norsworthy right before the interception from, from Dart, I said, if Ole Miss scores here, the only way they win is in a track meet. Because you could tell they weren't going to stop LSU, at least not, not consistently. And so I think that's the reason that so much of the focus is on what you saw defensively is because offensively, even though the second half's issues, with the exception of one game, really, or a couple of games, those are issues. But the defense is a bigger thing. It's a, it, because you can you, – like, like you said, everybody's like, bring more pressure. Well, they tried to bring pressure. They, they don't have – they do, especially with Cedric Johnson limited, he had two sacks today. They, 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 they don't have the athleticism off the edge that we thought maybe they'd have. Remember earlier in the year, we're like, oh, yeah, J.J. Pegues and Taiwan Malone and all these guys are going to be these impactful elite SEC defensive linemen. Well, that hasn't happened yet. And they're, they're just okay in the middle on defense. They're, they're just kind of okay on the edges. And that's with Tavius Robinson playing some of his best football. And then I, you and I talked about this. I think I talked about it on the show. I wanted to see if this week, when you knew LSU was going to test Ole Miss on the edges, could Ole Miss handle it? And they did okay. But look, Davison got picked on. And he, he talked about this on his show. That teams are going to come after him because he's a freshman in the SEC. And LSU came after him, and they had some success. They went after DeAndre Prince, and they had some success. Ole Miss struggled with with LSU's athleticism and speed at wide receiver, and then they had no answer for Jaden Daniels. And so when you bring a bunch of pressure and you don't get to him, well, now he picks you apart. And so instead they dropped eight and they tried to contain Daniels. And for the most part, until late in the game, they kind of did sort of. But, I mean, LSU had 35 first downs, Chase. 35 first downs. I mean, run that number in your head. 35 first downs. 350 total yards of offense if they only got 10 every time and never got another yard. Think about that. Yeah, they had 500 yards of offense, 252 on the ground, 248 in the air, 35 first downs, no turnovers. 
I mean, damn. I mean, that's 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 a problem. I mean, that that tells you you're not stopping anything. They they did what they wanted to do. They they trailed seventeen to three, and then went. They won forty-two to three after the first play of the second quarter. Yeah, after that kick. I mean, Jonathan Cruz kicks a field goal on the first play of the second quarter to make it seventeen to three, Ole Miss. And they go, they win the rest of the game. So essentially, the final three quarters, forty-two to three. That's domination. That's so many issues that pop up, questions that pop up. I asked, can it be fixed? And Tysheem Johnson said yes. That was all he said. Lane Literally Kiffin was one asked, word. How concer- he said, yes. Lane Kiffin was asked, how concerned are you about the defense? And his answer, I don't remember the exact quote, but he said about as concerned as you can be. As concerned as you can be. As high as you can be. Well, right now there's questions on all three levels. Because Finley out for a period of time brings tons of secondary stuff. Now, I did think DeAndre Prince played pretty well tonight, honestly. But I, I thought I thought DeAndre, DeAndre played okay. Davidson yeah. looked like a freshman. Um, they're they're just not impactful. They didn't get impactful run stopping, pass stopping plays out of Ashim or Tennyson or any of those guys. They just were non factors for the most part on that third level. They were slow in the second level, especially when Troy came out. And then when they run this three-man front, there's just no pressure at all. There's no pressure. And the two freshman tackles on offense struggled. Mm-hmm. And Jackson got hit a lot. He got hit a lot. I he thought said he's he okay. okay considering. I mean, he was. He was. It, it, it was. I, I told Jeffrey this. It wasn't that we said the offensive line was great. It was that they had that sack number where they'd given up you know, some of the fewest sacks in the SEC or whatever it was. But Jackson does a lot of that. They scheme a lot of that. The way they run the ball helps with that number a ton. And the tackles had been okay enough against Kentucky and Auburn that we just kind of had stopped talking about it. But when you look at it today, it's exactly what you would be concerned about is they were just overwhelmed on the edges. And then LSU brought some pressure up the middle. And – when you dominate the line of scrimmage like that, well, no matter what Jackson is trying or not trying to do, he has no time to actually run the offense. I mean, he's got people in his face all day. I mean, he actually did a pretty good job of sort of altering arm angles and doing a lot of things just to move the ball down the field when he did. Once LSU got on some islands out there against those tackles, I mean, they dominated the football game. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of hot takes, but here's the closest I have to one. I thought Jackson Dart was really good. I really did. I thought he was really good. I think if he'd had an average game, they'd it'd have been ugly. Um, I, I thought he was. I thought he was really good. He made some big throws. He got hit a couple of times. He had a couple of throws early that could have gone the other way, but they didn't. And then he kind of settled in and, and made some big time throws. I thought Malik Heath was good. But here's the thing, man: when you get into that deal where you have to score every time you get the ball, you start playing with a little extra pressure and, you know, like he got hit on that pick. I mean, Lane talked about it. I mean, it was probably PI, but you're not going to get that PI when the ball's thrown like it was. And it was thrown like it was because he got popped right there on, on, on the throw, the right tackle just couldn't, couldn't get the, couldn't get the block. And Jackson said he didn't anticipate getting hit there. 
and he did. He got hit hard, and the ball kind of floated on him, and Fouché made the play, and from there on, it was over. It was a rout from that point forward. I mean, it was it was it was it was curtains. And the fact that they kind of lost their composure for a little while, and 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 Otis Reese with the stupid hit, and, and there was some look. There's bad time. And they they come back, and next week's big. Next week's really, really big now for more than just forget the whole winning the West and all that crap that we talked about. This team's not ready to win a conference or anything like that. We saw that today. We can put that away. But for them to avoid a, a, a spiral, next week needs to go well because you don't want to play Alabama with an open date after that and then another road trip to play a team that's frankly – offensively. Now, look, Arkansas is abysmal defensively, but offensively, they're the type of team that's going to give Ole Miss a, a ton of problems. I mean, so, you know, unless they can fix this defense. So, you know, there's kind of a there's kind of a lot there next week. I mean, they've got to flush this. They've got to get back to Oxford and put it away and, and try to go to College Station and play what is a very vulnerable Texas A&M team. Here's the thing that I thought was interesting. I've, I've learned with Lane Kiffin to read words, to put – he talked about LSU has elite players. He talked about how A&M has elite players. But he said, I mean, LSU has elite players. And that, that was, that's, that's his way of, of saying this was, about, this was about players as much as it was about anything. They had a hard time controlling LSU's elite players. Like number 40 on defense, that dude's the best player on the field. I mean, Ole Miss could not, could not contain him. And he was a five-star Everybody recruited him kind of player out of high school, and it showed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's still one-on-one matchups in so many places. I mean, that's what it is. That's what football yeah. is. It, it, it's exposed a matchup yeah. in some spot, and you you disrupt everything from that 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 standpoint. I mean, no, because look, it's 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 sort of what the theme of the show has been is that college football is a dumb sport. We transitive property doesn't work. We watch games one week where a team looks like raw hell, and the next week they beat this other team. And I get how if you want to do this Pollyanna thing, that's the answer. But then we also open our eyes and go, yeah, but I saw something different. I can't just give that for this night. You know what I mean? Or well, it's not yeah, just you, this, hey, you know I don't know, damn. Like, there was – now, look, does Arkansas necessarily have somebody to expose some of these things? No, Ole Miss can go win the football game. Sure, all right. Sure, A&M sure, can be a certifiable train wreck in its own right. So it works out there. Sure. But that's not a way to put your head in the sand and go, oh, well, no, 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 it'll be okay next week. Because you make a great point, and it, it's what I, – I guess maybe it was Jeffrey who was talking about it, is that this team, it's the negative in a way of their winning streaks they've been on. This team hasn't had to go into the locker room on a Monday and watch film and lose lately. So they've got to pick themselves up a little bit after a pretty humiliating night in Death Valley – you're going to get all of this stuff where you can talk about, oh, inside the walls and all that crap. But it's going to be a full week of media telling everybody, nope, this is the team we thought they were. It's still a little old, old Miss. Whether that's right or wrong is not the point. That's what you're about to get for five to seven days, just over and over and over again. You already yeah. saw it on Twitter tonight. 19-3 and three doesn't mean shit right now when it comes to that. So it's going to be a hard test to sort of put it away, get back up, use it in some positive ways. You've got some in- injuries. Because, yeah, if you lose two in a row, that bye week is long. It is long, long, long. But if you win, well, three you kind of get be, to salve be, it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. No, if you beat A&M, you kind of recover a little. Look, I mean, you and I talked about this. We've we got to get serious about this team. I mean, the, the schedule is backloaded. We talked about this all off season. It felt like a thousand times that, you know, you had a chance to go 7-0. and oh, But 7-0 and oh could turn into 8-4, and 9-3 and three because the schedule's so hard. So here we go. You're, you're not the first team, and you won't be the last to come into this building and, and get beat. Um, when they get going, it gets loud, and it gets rowdy, and it did tonight. There were 100,000 people in here, most of them for LSU, and it got rowdy. And it's intimidating, and it gets loud, and, and um, all of those things happen. And so now the A&M game becomes, for Ole Miss, the absolute critical game because if you lose it, realistically, Ole Miss is probably not beating Alabama realistically, they're just not there yet. They don't have those kinds of players to stop Bryce Young and Will Anderson and, and all of those guys. Probably not winning that game. So the LS, I mean, the A&M game becomes kind of the, the, the critical game because if you beat A&M, look, 10-2, and 9-3, and three, very much on the table. You lose to A&M, you lose to Alabama, and then you got an open date, you got a lot of negative thought, and you hadn't won in all Open month, date before and, Alabama real quick, just heads up. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Open date before Alabama. So, yeah, you don't want to – you're right. I, I keep doing that. I don't know why. You lose that was kind of my point. You lose to and, A&M, and it's a really long 14 days with the tide up next. It is with the tide up next and kind of dreading that. And then if you lose to if you lose to Alabama, and then you got to turn around and go up to Fayetteville for their senior day and all that stuff, and it, it, it can spiral on you. So, yeah, A&M's critical. And, and, and look, they – 
here's the thing. I mean, this is going to be the big talking point all week is that, well, they hadn't played anybody. It's not exactly true, but look, the schedule was easy at the beginning and, and they, they, but to their credit, they took care of it. Now the schedule gets hard and they just lost to an LSU team. That's now six and two, uh, four and two in the league. They're, you know, they, they're awfully close to being um, seven and, well, they, I guess they lost to Mississippi. They lost to Tennessee. They, they, you know, they almost lost. I mean, they almost beat Florida State as bad as they played that day. They lost to a Tennessee team that's damn good. LSU's probably pretty good at the end of the day. And, you know, the, the A&M game becomes just paramount. Bottom line, it's what it, you've got to you've got to flush it. You haven't come back from a loss in a long time. I mean, the last time they lost a game before this was the Sugar Bowl, and they didn't play again for nine months. So this is the first time that, that they've lost a game in the season since the Auburn loss last year. So they've got to, uh, like you said, you got to flush it fast and you've got to get past it, but you've got to figure some things out defensively because you know what's coming from Texas A&M. They're going to run Devin A-Chain. They're going to run A-Chain at you and they're, they're going to try to move the quarterback and, and defensively, they're going to try to do the exact same things that LSU sort of did in the second half. And, you know, D.J. Durkin knows this offense really well. And you're going to try to take away the, the run and, and force the pass. And, look, Zach Evans, that was a really big knee brace on him today. Lane talked about how he didn't go at all during the week, didn't do anything meaningful, tried to give it a go in warm-ups. He looked he looks fine, but he didn't look explosive at all. So I don't know. Is that a, a multi-week injury? You know, if it is, you're, you're, you're kind of one dimensional at running back all of a sudden, even though he's a very good dimension, it takes something away from your offense. One of the things that LSU felt going into the week was that Ole Miss's receivers, as good as a couple of them were, couldn't take the top off. And, you know, there was only one play today that uh, I, I think it was Mingo did take the top off and Jackson missed him. That would have been a, a big, long touchdown pass, but Jackson overthrew it. And other than that, though, they, they don't do that to you. So you know that's what's coming. And, and look, for all of their flaws and as weird as they are and all of that stuff, A&M does have a lot of athletes on the defensive side of the ball. So Ole Miss will have its hands full. Anything else from Wayne that was interesting? Not really. I mean, he was he was what you'd expect. I mean, I think he was concerned. I think he was really concerned about the defense. I think he was. I think he. I think he knew what he saw. Look, Lane Kiffin's an offensive coach. He's watched a ton of defensive film in his life. I mean, I think if you were to ask Lane Kiffin, "Hey, how would you attack this defense?" I think he'd say, "Let me count the ways." Yeah, that's a good point. Why do you think we don't know? And we'll spend all week on this. But just the the quicker answer right now. They are a great script team. They score points early. When they are scripting, they do a lot of things to offset what teams have prepared for in previous weeks. Kiffin was sort of Easter egg that on Monday when he was talking about it for other teams. But they do a great job of that. And then the second half, they don't score. They still have been a such a bad football team in one half or another. Lane gave the answer about, you know, maybe the offensive line, the tempo and the depth and all that stuff a couple weeks ago. Is there anything to pinpoint here? I mean, why do they suck? I mean, the only thing I can come up with is that the opposing the opposing coaching staffs are making adjustments at halftime that Ole Miss can't adjust to those adjustments. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Now tonight, I would say what happened. It was an offensive line overwhelming. 
Yeah, but both teams came out in the third quarter. Neither Both teams three and out punted. Uh, Ole Miss had a bad punt. Um, LSU went 50 yards for the go-ahead score, and then Ole Miss was driving. They had second and goal at the nine. You know, I think if you score there, this is at least it extends the game. It keeps you alive a little bit. And I think they were going to have a hard time stopping them. But once you got down two scores, and Jaden Daniels made sure of that, you kind of become one-dimensional, and then it was over. It just spiraled. I mean, you didn't you didn't score, and they got it back, and they scored, and then it's over. I mean, it happened quickly, but when when you're having to score every time you get the ball, man, that's tough. That's tough. And I mean, you, we saw this in two thousand in twenty twenty, right? When when Ole Miss was a pretty good offensive team, and they still went five and five, and it was because they couldn't stop people. They couldn't get the damn defense off the field, and I think we're back to that right now. I mean, 35 first downs, 500 yards of offense. Yeah, the, like that. the bad punt was on Ole Miss's second third quarter series. The first one was uh, that Casey Kelly drop on third down. When yeah, they had the three-point lead, and if they had they called it, it would have been, you know, first down around the LSU 47, 48-yard line, something like that. And here's the thing, right? You say, well, get Kelly off the field. Well, there's no one to play for him right now. Trigg's not out there. He's not ready. You say, well, go to four wide receivers. Well, they don't have the three that they can count on. Because there was like no date Wade at all today, wasn't it? I mean, he was on special teams and and stuff. But, no, he really wasn't part of the offense. And um, Jalen Robinson didn't play or he was out there, but he didn't play. And, I mean, you know, none of these – Buck Halter, none of these other guys that, I mean, I think they'd hoped would develop. None of those guys have developed. None of those guys have, have contributed. So you're kind of anemic. I mean, worst-case scenario moving forward is you're an injury or two on offense away from being really bogged down there as well. I mean, this thing – I mean, they need to get to the open date. I mean, there's nothing – they would jump at a win over A&M in the open date right now just to try to get healthy a little bit because it kind of feels like, kind of feels like they're on the ropes some, just health-wise. And those were the only injuries. It looked like Malik, Malik ended up being okay. About yeah, I mean, assuming, assuming that Jackson's okay there at the end, and he kind of got bent funny. I was like, oh, gosh. I was looking right at it when it happened because I wouldn't have had him on the field that last drive. I would have I waved the towel, but – they they were they were trying to score there at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, I think other than that, other than probably you, you know your normal bumps and bruises and stuff, they got out okay. What's your guess on line here based on an A and M loss or a win in this game? A and M minus three and a half. Okay, either way. Field. I mean, yeah, A and M. Yeah, I mean. A and M minus two and a half, minus three, three and a half, somewhere in there. Home, they'll get a home field edge, and nobody knows what to make of Ole Miss at this point. Haynes King playing quarterback for A and M tonight. Yeah, Ole Miss. You know, in Vegas, people will look at Ole Miss now and go twenty-five point loss. They're not very good. A and M. I mean, Vegas might sort of set the set the line to, might even set it as a bigger line to get people to I jump know, a little. Beats me. To jump a little, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. If you're betting on Ole Miss right now, you're 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 betting that they're healthy enough on defense to stop people. Yeah. I mean, look. And I was I was going to say a minute ago. I mean, you know, you got to remember that they, 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 the first half of that Vanderbilt game was was alarming. 
in this second, well, the final three quarters of the Auburn game defensively were alarming. And here we go with three more quarters today that have to be pretty alarming. That's a lot of alarm for a defense over the better part of a month in SEC play. That's, that's a concern. Yeah. I mean, as they point out, yeah, the wide receiver position, you've got so many misses. I mean, Jalen Knox, during his, his year where he transferred, we heard all this stuff. And, I mean, just complete and utter non-factor, whether it be injuries or yeah. whatever it is, Jalen Robinson doesn't exist. I mean, it's yeah. – it's, No, I mean, it's, it's – it's, it's, listen, it's, it's worth – we're two-thirds of the way through a season here, and Jalen Robinson's not been a factor. When they signed – when they got him, it was – I mean – in, it was inside the program. It wasn't outside the program. It was inside the program. How oh, what a big deal he was! I mean, this was this was going to be the the, the Elijah Moore replacement, the poor man's Elijah Moore. He was going to be this this impactful guy. It hasn't happened. We heard all that stuff about Knox. That, people say, "Where's that come from?" It comes from the program. We don't make that up. We're not at practice. I'm not the one going. Jalen Knox is dominating practice. The people inside the program are saying that. So you have to wonder, well, what, what's the deal? Why can't he go? Why can't he contribute? I mean, I mean, they, you know, uh, uh, Burkhalter, Braylon Brown. I mean, who you got to wonder? I mean, just how many, how much portal activity is there going to be at the end of this season? My guess is quite a bit. Because look, if you can't contribute, you can't stay. But at some point, you do have to ask the question: If multiple guys aren't developing, at some point. There's a theme. Mm-hmm. Last thing, how big was uh, that win for Mr. Freeze today? BPYU 41 to 14. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, that's that's big. Yeah, obviously. Li- um, Liberty routed no, Rutgers today. Yeah, you know, BYU is taking some L's here late. They played Baylor well early in the season, and I think we, we all kind of overvalued them. They gave up what fifty-two last week to Arkansas, and it could have been could have been seventy-two, according to some people who saw it. I didn't see it, um, but yeah, good, good, good for Hugh. I mean, he's positioning himself to be a contender for this Auburn job if he can just get off Twitter. <laughs> That's a new. It's a big if. Yeah, I mean, you know, just saying. Oh my God. I'd look a lot younger if I had a head full of hair. Yeah, I mean, you you can get another gig now if you get down to 165. Oh, yeah, maybe so. So, all right, I know you gotta. You probably still have to navigate a little traffic out of Baton Rouge, don't you? I mean, I don't know. I'm curious to see what it. I would think it's cleared out. People were clearing out eight nine minutes to go, so maybe it maybe it'll be generally cleared out here when I walk to my car. That's my hope. Did you see your Commodores almost got it done? No, what was the score? I mean, I'm assuming he's right. I asked the Missouri fan in our thread, Adam. He said Missouri won 17-14. Oh, gosh, how about that? My boy, Clark, almost got it. Almost no, got I didn't it. Uh, I didn't see. I, I really just kind of locked in on this game and wrote and was trying to be efficient. So I, I did not pay attention to really anything else. Yeah. So. All right, well, appreciate it. Be safe coming in. We'll uh, do it on Monday. All right. Thanks, Jay. See you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.